0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're going to talk about how to handle tough times. We're going to dig into what creates stress and angst and frustration and anger and all these negative emotions that come up in us and make us uh, make us feel really bad and how to handle tough times in life and in business in a way that helps you back- bounce back even stronger and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there if you've gotten any value from this podcast don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller shit you don't learn in college available now on amazon it'll be an absolute game changer and everyone who buys the book from our website will get over three thousand dollars in bonus trainings and programs so you want to head over to www.sidlickbook.com and check it out now let's get on with the show so let's talk about it Feeling frustrated, feeling feeling stressed, feeling angry about things. Um, uh, recently, uh, the CDC actually did a poll that found that eighty four percent of adults in America, eighty four percent of adults in America, uh, are saying that they're facing significantly more stress than ever before in various areas of their lives. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed over the last 18 months or so, um, even more than that, almost two years now, There's there's been a lot of change in the world, there's been a lot going on in the world, a lot of social unrest, a lot of economic unrest, a lot of financial unrest, uh, a lot of things going on in people's lives, a lot of things that are causing people to feel more stressed, more angst, more frustration than ever before. And uh, that's why I really wanted to dig into this episode, because literally 84% of Americans are feeling this. Um, and I feel it's really important for us to understand where this is coming from. We actually talk about stress. We talk about angst. We talk about anger, all these negative emotions in our book, shit you don't learn in college, um, and how to overcome them, how to move through them properly. Um, and the tools to actually help you with them. Um, and I wanted to dig into one here with you guys today. Um, and to illustrate this, I want to tell you of, a. Uh, uh, a little story of you know when uh, and we're about six months into COVID, and Maddie came into my office just really sad, just really really bummed out, um, you know, on the verge of tears. And she, I was like, "What's wrong?" And I was uh, you know I was working, but I could tell she was like just visibly just really really off. And I was like, "What's wrong? What's going on?" And she just came in and she's like, "I I have to cancel our wedding the second time now." Obviously, like, a wedding is one of the most important things for us to to be able to celebrate our love, to be able to celebrate us coming together. And we'd been figuring this out, and we'd been planning this wedding for a while. And then when COVID hit, we were actually going to have our wedding in the beginning of um, uh, September of uh, 2020. Is that right? 2021. Yeah, there we go. September of 2021, and when COVID first hit... Um, we had to push it back. And, you know, we waited a, a month or so and then we decided that, we're, you know, COVID wasn't just going to blow over in two or three months. Uh, so we decided to put it back, push it back to March the next year, March of 2020. Uh, sorry, March of... we It was going to be September of 2020 and we pushed it back to March of 2021. Um... And then, you know, a few months later, we realized that things were just getting worse and Australia was shutting down and Australia. So obviously Maddie's from Australia. We were going to do our wedding in Australia. We're going to have everybody fly out from America to Australia um, so that we could do it out there. We could have Maddie's family there. And as we started to get excited, we started to have, uh, we started to book plans with our wedding planner. We started to actually take actions on really getting this thing going. And we were about to send out um, our save the date and Australia Um, to not a note that they were canceling all flights and, and that they were going into lockdown for, you know, fourth time or seventh time or whatever it was. And that, you know, there was no foreseeable future that anybody was going to be able to travel and all this stuff. And we heard of people trying to get out to Australia and their flights would just be canceled. And, you know, there was a 14 day quarantine in in a hotel and it was just, it, it was just really rough. And it really broke Maddie down because we had done so much planning and we had started to get so ready to actually be able to have our wedding day and actually celebrate that. Um, now for those of you guys who don't know, Maddie and I are already married. We had a small ceremony here in San Diego, um, but this was our big celebration. This was going to be our, you know, our way of getting the families from Australia and the U S together to finally celebrate our wedding. And she was devastated by this. And I was devastated by this. Now I wanted to share this because we're not the only ones who went through some tough times, uh, over the last 18 months to 24 months. Uh, we've had family members who've lost jobs, a lot of family members who've lost jobs, a lot of friends who've lost jobs that I've had to help uh, you know, get back on their feet and figure out how to be entrepreneurs and stuff like that. We've had clients that we were working with that had to close doors on their business and we had to figure out how to take them online and we had to figure out how to you know, go other directions. Um, the reality is pretty much everybody has faced some really tough times over the last 16 to 24 months. Um, and these tough times can either break you or these tough times can be a trampoline to spring you forward, but it's really important to understand how to make it through these tough times without allowing them to cripple you. So that's what I wanted to go through today. Um, And the first thing that I wanted to talk about uh, is the basics of of understanding disappointment um, and anger and frustration and where it comes from. Um, and really what it comes down to is it comes down to mismanaged expectations. So um, one of my mentors, uh, Jack Canfield, explained this to me about five or six years ago. And I loved the way that he explained it. He said, disappointment is basically you made an appointment about the way that something should happen or somebody should show up and they dissed it. They didn't show up that way. They did not do the thing that you were expecting them to do. Now, we, th- we thought, you know, for our wedding, we thought that Australia was going to be opening up. Everything, Everybody that we talked to was like, oh, yeah, they're doing really well, and Australia is going to open up, and we're going to be able to go have the wedding out there. So we had this appointment. We set an appointment for how we thought Australia was going to show up and how the world was going to show up, and then, obviously, that got completely, you know, completely ruined. Um, so we had mismanaged expectations, and it's the dissonance between your expectation And reality that actually causes frustration, anger, resentment, guilt, whatever it might be, right? So uh, an example that I love to give here is, um, you know, when COVID first hit, when COVID first hit, uh, nobody had any idea what was going on, right? Like the first month that COVID hit and people were starting to get it, everybody was confused, everything was going on. And Maddie and I lived on the beach in Encinitas and the city shut down the beach in Encinitas. Um... So I don't know if any of you guys know this, but uh, I don't know if you noticed, They, they now know this, right? Like being outside, being in fresh air is really helpful for things like COVID. Um, and Maddie was a nurse for eight years and she, she spent the better part of half of a decade studying holistic health and integrative health and Chinese medicine and all of these things to help heal herself from PCOS and, and other ailments. So she's one of the smartest people I've ever met when it comes to health and wellness. And when this happened, right, both her and I, and I'm really passionate about health and wellness as well. When this happened, both both her and I were like, what the fuck? Like you're shutting down the beach. Like one of the best things that you can do to fight illness, be outside fresh grounding, getting fresh air in the sun, ocean water. You're literally shutting down probably the best thing that you could do to help yourself from a health and wellness standpoint. You're shutting it down. And we were living. We were like, holy crap, what are you talking about? I remember standing on the bluffs of the beach and I, I would still go up to the bluffs of the beach every morning and I would look I would look out over the beach and I would just sit there so upset that I couldn't go down the stairs to the actual beach. And I remember uh, one morning a doctor pulled up and he was in his scrubs and he was I, I, I remember talking to him because he was a surgeon and he goes, isn't it funny? And this was a doctor at the time. He goes, isn't it funny that the one thing that could probably prevent us all from getting sick, the, the government has decided to shut down. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm glad that you get it, right? And so we were so frustrated at the legislation makers. We were so angry at the legislation makers um, that, like, we couldn't bring our – it was literally swelling up inside. And I actually had to have – a. Maddie and I sat down and we had to be like – okay, like this is actually causing us a ton of anger because we were already under so much stress with COVID hitting. We didn't know what was going on. There was, you know, fear of, you know, is this disease, like how bad is this disease? How, you know, what, how, how severe is it? Nobody really knew, like, is it going to spread? Is it going to be a worldwide catastrophe? What's going on? So there was so much uncertainty and so much fear around it. And then we saw the one thing that would really help being outdoors, taking care of our health. Like the government said, no, you can't do that. And so we were livid, right? And so we had to sit down and I remember sitting down at our, our coffee table and being like, okay, like being this mad is not going to help anybody. This is not going to fix anything. So why are we so mad? What's the expectation that we had? And how is the world showing up that is different? Reality, the reality, the real world, how is the real world showing up that is different from our expectation? And how can we, uh, how can we fix this? dissonance because otherwise we're just going to be pissed for the rest of our lives and I don't want to be pissed for the rest of my life because I can't accomplish anything good while I'm pissed so what we realized is we sat down and we talked it out we're like okay well unfortunately most of the legislation makers hadn't spent 10 years like like Maddie and I had sitting both western and eastern medicine and holistic practice practices and all the things that allow you to be healthy you know they're just doing what they think is best Right, most people. I truly, deeply believe that most people, though some of them act like complete idiots, uh, most people are just doing the absolute best they can with whatever limited knowledge, skills, and resources they have at the time to meet some basic need. Right. So the legislating, you know, the people making uh, legislature and legislation are are just scared too. They're just trying to keep their jobs. They're just trying to keep people safe. They have no idea what they're doing. So they're just trying to do the best. Right. Unfortunately, they their best was not good enough for Maddie and I because we're so much more educated than them in that space. Now, obviously, six months later, they were like, oh, just kidding. Get outdoors. That's really good for you. We probably shouldn't have locked you inside for six months, and this probably didn't help things, right? Um. So, So obviously, like, we needed to come to terms with our expectation that we sent for another person and realizing that people aren't inherently trying to fuck things up. They aren't inherently trying to mess things up. Uh, even though they do sometimes um but understanding and and bringing some empathy to that really allowed us to understand okay like you know we'll have to deal with this this isn't ideal um but we'll have to move forward and i'll get to how you actually do this and this comes from the circle of control and i'll talk about this in a little bit um but the circle of control is really what allows you to move through disappointment and mismanaged expectations uh in in a really good way now the other side of this and i love to bring this up because a lot of people go, but uh, you know, I was taught to hold really high standards. I was really, I was taught to, to have uh, uh, you know, a, a high expectation because that'll push me forward. That'll drive me forward. You know, I think of like Steve jobs and everybody's like, you know, he has really high expectations and and that's why he was so successful. And I was like, yeah, but he was also probably one of the most stressed people that you'll ever meet. And that may have been a reason why, you know, he developed a lot of health issues and ended up passing away early. Right. So we want this healthy balance between, um, you know, what I call high intention and low expectations. And I learned this from one of my sales guys, Alex. So Alex Starr, if you're listening to this, I learned this from Alex and we joke about this all the time. Um, because Alex says, you know, I love to set my goals really low. That way, when I don't, you know, that way, you know, if I don't hit them or, you know, I do hit them, I'm not disappointed. Because if I set high goals, I'm really disappointed when I when I don't hit them. Um, and in self-development, we're taught, like, well, you need to set high goals, right? You need to set high expectations, high goals, so that you can push forward and achieve them. And what we learned from Alex was basically it's this weird dichotomy of you need to set a really high intention. I have this intention of achieving this really high thing or or hitting this high goal in my business or whatever it might be you need to have a high intention but you need to have low attachment and low expectation of it so that if it doesn't happen, you don't beat yourself up. You don't murder yourself around it. Now this is a really interesting dichotomy to learn. How do you set a really high intention of achieving all these crazy goals, but also have low attachment to it. Also have a low expectation of there's a high possibility that I might not hit this goal so that you don't beat yourself up. You're not completely disappointed and you don't want to quit when you don't hit your goals because there's going to be a lot of goals that you don't hit in life. But if you, every time you don't hit a goal, you want to quit, it's gonna prevent you from moving forward, right? So we do this in a lot of our sales projections as well, right? So when we do sales projections in our company, um, we might have a goal and then we have a projection. Now the projection, we tell our team that the projection, you need to hit about 80% of the time because if you're not hitting your projections 80% of the time, then you're not living in the real world. You're living in a dream world and you're never gonna be able to change your reality, right? But we wanna set big goals so that we're constantly pushing for better, pushing for more. So for example, let's say, you know, we wanna have uh, you know, we wanna have 50 new clients. That's our goal, but our projection might be 25 or 30 new clients this month because according to the numbers that we're hitting, that's what we're on track for. And we're gonna to need to push ourselves to get more numbers and get better people uh to, to get up to that 50 clients that we wanna work with next month or something like that, right? Um, and then the other thing that I always like to share with people is something called the the law of latent potential. And this is a big reason why so many people get frustrated. Uh, and disappointed is frankly because of their attachment to time right so in business or in life we get frustrated because of our attachment to when we think something is going to happen Uh, for example when I proposed to Maddie Maddie and I had known each other for about a year and a half we've been dating about a year and a half when I proposed to Maddie and Maddie had an expectation that I was going to propose in, you know, within the first year. So it was frustrating for her. And I had this expectation that I would never propose to anybody until after two years, right? Um, so we ended up meeting somewhere in the middle. But it's this, uh, it's this association with something XYZ needs to happen in a certain period of time. Right, And the way that I always explain it to people is the law of lane potential, especially in business. Let's say you want to build a seven-figure business. Well, if you get really attached to the expectation that building a seven-figure business needs to happen in two years or a year or something like that, well, what happens when you don't build that business in a year? Well, then you get really beat up and you, don't, you think you're a failure and you don't want to do it anymore. And you create all these negative emotions, all this stress around it. Right? When the reality is you maybe just didn't give yourself enough time. Right? You set a mismanaged expectation of how long or how hard you would have to work to build that seven-figure business. Now, I always tell our clients, if you always focus on growing every day and you never quit, eventually you'll get, you'll get there. There's, there's no way you can fail if you always focus on growing and you never quit. Eventually, you'll get there. It might just take a little bit longer than you think. It might be a little bit harder than you think. It might happen in two years instead of one. It might happen in three years instead of two, whatever it might be, right? Because you just don't know how much growth you have to go through. And it's our attachment to this happening in a certain amount of time that creates a ton of frustration, creates a ton of of angst when we don't hit a goal in a certain amount of time, right? So I always explain to people the law of latent potential um, is like melting an ice cube. So whether it's in business or whether it's in your relationship or whether it's in your health and wellness journey, whatever it might be, uh, if you think about melting an ice cube, ice cubes melt at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit, Well, exactly 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, So if you were in a room. If you were in a room that was 10 degrees Fahrenheit and you needed to heat up that room to 32 degrees Fahrenheit to get that ice cube to start to melt. That was your goal, to get this ice cube to start to melt. Well, you might do a bunch of push-ups. You might run around the room a bunch. You might uh, you might light a fire in the corner and blow on it, <laughs> stoke that flame to try and get the, the room heating up. And you feel the room starting to get hotter and you get it from 10 degrees to 15 degrees, 15 degrees to 20 degrees. So you keep running around faster, faster. You do more push-ups. You do more squats. You stoke that fire. Right? And you do that for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and you're not seeing the ice cube melt. The ice cube is still just sitting there, perfectly shaped, perfectly ice, not melting at all. And if all you're focusing on is, man, this ice cube should have melted by now, I should have gotten there by now, your association with time, right? That's gonna create a lot of issues for you. And because of that, you might go, man, this ice cube's not going anywhere. You're not seeing the result. So all of a sudden in your mind, because you're not seeing the result, you think that you are not growing. You think you're not getting any better. And eventually you quit. And you may have gotten that room temperature up to 30 degrees or even 31 degrees. You may have quit just before 32 degrees. And all you had to do was one more lap around the room, one more you know, set of push-ups and one more blowing on that, on that fire and that ice cube would have started melting but you were so attached to the amount of time that it would take that you ended up giving up. When the reality was, if you just became the type of person that learned to love running around the room, doing push-ups, blowing on that fire, because you knew eventually that ice cube would have to melt, well, then you would have gotten there because you would have done those push-ups. You would have run around the room. Temperature would have gone up from 15 to 20, 20 to 25, 25 to 30. 30 31, 30 to 32, and boom, all of a sudden that ice cube would have started melting. See, the law of latent potential says we put a lot of work into our relationships, into our business, into our personal growth, and we don't see the result immediately. But all of a sudden, we hit this, boom, hockey stick moment. It's this pivotal transformational moment where at this moment, everything starts to shift and change. And the ice cube starts to melt. Your business starts to grow. Your your relationship starts to really take off and you feel more connected than ever. Whatever it might be, your health and wellness starts to, to take on a whole totally new realm and you see different results all of, it, all of a sudden. Right? But the reality is if you are too focused on making sure that something happens in a certain amount of time, our relationship with time, the chance is you're probably going to quit before that actually happens. Now, This brings me to the circle of control and the circle of influence, Um, and the best way that I can describe this is uh, the Serenity Prayer. So if anybody knows the Serenity Prayer, um, you'll know that this this is probably one of the most powerful things that you can ever learn when it comes to being successful. Now, I learned the Serenity Prayer because I got a DUI my senior year of college, and I had to go to AA, and we had to recite the Serenity Prayer regularly. And I didn't realize how powerful it was until I got into the self-development space and growing my business. It actually became one of my mantras. Now, I'm not a religious person, but this this simple sentence or two sentences actually completely changes the way that you show up. So if you don't know, the serenity prayer it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I'm going to repeat that. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that might be the single greatest thing that you can learn to handle tough times because the reality is there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. And the more you try to to change the things that are outside of your control, the more frustrated you'll be, the more angry you'll be. Um, And then there's going to be certain things that are within within our control. And if you don't change those things, you're gonna be really frustrated and really angry. So I like to, I like to have uh, three circles that I have. I call my circle of control, which is the smallest inner circle. Then outside of that is the circle of influence. And Then outside of that is everything else. So in the circle of control is everything that I have within my power to control These are my actions. These are my thoughts. These are my beliefs. These are these are how I behave This is how I think this is how I respond in any given moment These are things that are 100% within my control to change today at any given moment, right? Then there's certain things that are within our circle of influence not necessarily direct control but influence for example uh, You can't control other people You can influence them. I can influence Maddie. I can influence my clients. I can influence people that are listening to this podcast, but I can't control you. I can't control what you need to do. I can't control you and help you all of a sudden act more from a place of purpose and less from fear and build a seven-figure business overnight because I can't control you. I can influence you to make better decisions. I can influence you to behave differently. I can influence you to act differently and take the right courses of action that will lead you down to a life of more money, more meaning, and more freedom, right? And then there's stuff that's completely outside of our control. Right, the like the things that you know outside of voting, right? Some of the things that the government does, we don't have a huge say in that, right? But we can do things like speak out, and we can do things like um, like picket and and uh, protest if we need to, right? There's certain things that go on in the world like COVID. Like I could not have stopped COVID. I could, as much as I would have wanted to, I I could not have stopped COVID. That is outside of my control. Right, And so learning the differences between your circle of control, your circle of influence, and, and the rest, everything that you cannot control, helps you realize where you should be spending your energy to make sure that you're not constantly in a state of frustration and anger and guilt and all of those things. Because when you find yourself, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with this last bit. When you find yourself frustrated or upset about the world around you, first ask, is this in my circle of control? If it is, how can I change what I'm thinking? How can I change what I'm believing? How can I change what I'm acting? How can I change what I'm feeling right now? right second is it in with if it's not within my control is it within my influence well how can i influence to get this to get better but understanding that influencing things to get better take time and take effort so it's not going to happen overnight so i still need to change how i think how i feel how i act about this situation and then the last one is is this within my control at all or is this something that's completely outside of my control and influence and i need to change my expectation of the way that reality is supposed to show up. Because if I expect reality to be a certain way and reality is a certain way that is not that, well, I can't change the fact that COVID is here. I can't just pretend COVID never came and all of a sudden be good, right? It doesn't work that way, right? But I need to accept it, just like we said with the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change so that I can move through them, stop feeling frustrated, connect my expectation to reality and no longer be an issue. All right. Hopefully that was helpful, guys. Um, that's all we have for today. So don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure to implement what you've learned here with us. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to head to Com and grab a copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. And we'll see you on the other side.